Welcome to the IVF Before and After podcast, where we will talk about the emotional roller coaster journey we are about to embark on. Tune in to a series of podcasts on stories and tips to help you feel you are not alone on your fertility or parenting journey. We will openly discuss success and failure. We will attempt to pick you up when you are down and celebrate when your head's in the clouds. Kay Dempsey is your host. We can't wait to get started finding your way through IVF and parenting journey. Hello, here's a quick guide to the IVF process. Just in case you didn't know what actually happens with the IVF, this is a typical cycle and don't want you hear loads about this throughout your involvement in your process and listening to the, the podcast. So what happens at starting at the beginning? The female takes a drug to switch off her cycle of ovulation. It then moves on to a few weeks later, she starts to take more drugs which go to stimulate the production of lots of eggs as opposed to the usual one that we get per month. Fast forwarding on to about 10 to 12 days later, she then takes a trigger drug which helps to mature the eggs. Then short period of 36 hours, her eggs are removed under general anaesthetic or sedation while the male partner provides a sperm sample. They say that he has an easy job from a male perspective. From what I hear, they say that it's not the easy part either. So then the eggs and the sperm are mixed together. And the following day, hopefully some of the eggs will have fertilised and they'll be creating those little embryos. And the clinic will phone you and tell you how many there are. You wait patiently at the phone all day for that phone call. Following that, the clinic routinely checks embryos. Around about, I think, two days later, and almost certainly there will be fewer eggs and sperm there due to the survival is of the fittest. Ideally, you want the clinic to wait until day five after the egg collection, because that's when they implant an embryo into your womb. What happens is if there's only a couple of strong looking embryos after three days, they'll do it early, which happened with me on one occasion. Then you wait the two weeks and you do the pregnancy test at home or you go to the clinic and they take a blood test from you. So if you do it at home, you wait for the positive or negative. Or if you go to the clinic, they take the blood, send it away and wait patiently by the phone. So if you're successful, you probably have another scan at seven or nine, ten weeks. And that's you, you're in the system again, but this time at your local NHS maternity. And you'll get your routine 12-week scan. And then it's time for you to celebrate and sleep a lot because you'll need it once the little baby arrives. So going back through the process again, so the stage one is all the drugs that you take. Now these dark drugs, they switch off your natural system of ovulation and then you take more drugs to stimulate lots of the follicles and therefore the eggs to grow instead of your monthly one egg. So you're looking for 10 or more eggs to grow. When you have lots of eggs at the right size, you will take a trigger drug 
But what happens then is you, before that, you'll have another internally scan for them to see how the, the follicles are growing and they'll be able to tell you exactly what time to take that trigger injection. It's really specific time that you take it. And I have to say, it's a large injection. It's not for the faint-hearted. And this drug um, helps to mature and ripen the eggs. So this next stage is all about making the embryo. So exactly 36 hours after you take that trigger drug, you have the egg collection where you attend the clinic and you are sedated. Your partner waits outside while you go in and the eggs are all retrieved. We say that this is the most invasive of all your procedures and it's it's always done under general anaesthetic or you're heavily sedated. While you're coming, waking up through the sedation, your eggs have now been taken away and they are separated and the sperm is added in. So it's either by IVF or ICSI. So the, the eggs are put into the little dish, tucked up, tucked up in bed as you would say. And they're left overnight to go jiggy jiggy and see what happens. Then the nurse comes in in the morning and has a little look. And she's checking for any fertilisation. This is when you start to find out that the numbers decline. Because it's just natural elimination that nature takes over. Usually very unusual for every egg to be fertilised. But... You you could have very healthy eggs and healthy sperm and they do unite. They're tucked back up in bed again and they're left to see how they mature. And two days later, you'll probably again have fewer because some of the embryos have stopped dividing. But here hopefully you'll have some of the embryos left that are still dividing and they're still looking fabulously healthy. And this is when it's all doused down to feet. Some say it's down to nature, some say it's down to luck, some say it's down to the to God. We, we don't know. All we do know that we're in the hands of that little dish. So stage three um, is when all the embryos are transported back into the womb. So this is when the, the embryologists want to put back the best embryos. So in the United Kingdom, it's a maximum of two unless you are over 40. So they're looking to pick the ones that are the best, the best grades. Sometimes some clinics grade them, some don't. So they're looking in best terms of division and also fragmentation. So on day three, if you have definitely two clear embryos that look better than the rest, it's worth getting those back inside your ASAP. As they say that it's better to be in the womb rather than in the lab. And this is called the embryo transfer. And they say it's a bit like having a smear test. I don't remember it being like that. But we're all different. But if you have five good-looking embryos who are well-dividing, well-fragmented, and they're progressing all at the same rate, it's better to keep them in the lab. Because this is when you then gamble with the five. Because after day five, it's better, and the implantation will be more successful. 
And this will also tell you if the original two that you're going to take have started to wilt and other ones are emerging as the clear winners. And day five means the embryo is now called a blastocyst. Basically, it has been dividing hundreds of times and rather than dividing cells, it now consists of two masses, one which will become the placenta and the other the fetus. So everyone kind of aims for the one blastocyst because it's a good, strong embryo that it's, it's withstood all the, the poking and the prodding in the laboratory. It's a good, strong embryo. So if the doctors are happy to put back on day three, they are much more reluctant to put two blastocysts. The theory being that by day three, the embryos still have a good way to go and the chances are that they both wouldn't carry on dividing and make it into a baby. Whereas if you wait to day five, they're good and strong and they'll put them back in. But you also remember you then have the increasing risk of having twins. And this happens because they divide to make identical twins and sometimes even triplets. So you could put two embryos on day three and end up with six children. It's unlikely. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Be a bit of panic. So obviously, if you go for the day three, the rest, the remaining embryos will stay in the lab and they will keep an eye on them. And if any look good and make it to blastocyst by day six, then they will freeze them. That's only if you wish, and that will be kept for future use. So you leave the clinic, and you leave with another drug to take. That will be the progesterone. So it's either an injection or suppositories. Mine was an injection. And you take that from egg collection day until you go to the pregnancy test. And um, if it's a negative test, you stop taking it. But if it's positive, you can continue taking it for a certain period of time. And it all depends on clinic to clinic, but often it usually it's once you reach an important 12-week milestone. So you're going through the two-week wait. So after your 14 days after the egg collection, you will do a pregnancy test at home or, as I said, you go to the clinic. So that's a short timeline of the events. Of course, every clinic is different. Every cycle is different. And it all comes with different worries, all different pitfalls. IVF isn't straightforward. It's always complicated. There's lots and lots of questions that you want to ask. You don't know how you're going to respond to the drugs that you're given. You could have complications. The monitoring of scans could find cysts. On one occasion with me, I had the follicles but there was absolutely no eggs in, in them at all. But then there's also, the, there's, there's absolutely no guarantee with IVF that you'll get pregnant, even with perfect blastocyst embryos on day five, because it has to embed into your womb. I'm not sure about what the percentages are, but it's all our dream. So unfortunately with IVF, when you're doing it with your own eggs and your own sperm, it's a rather large gamble. When someday they will know a lot more, they'll be able to help, I think, 
before we get to the stage of needing IVF. Everything's a risk, but we're all just wanting to be a mother and a father. So good luck if you're going down this road of IVF or ICSI. And I'll explain more on the process in the next episode. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to IVF Before and After on iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review. Head over to the Facebook community page, IVF Before and After, or to the website, www.ivfbeforeandafter.com for fantastic free stuff.